Hi, and welcome to SCL, the Subject Composition and Light Photography Podcast. My name's Rob from RobNamphoto.com, and this is my little audio diary about my journey through the wonderful world of photography. Well, here we go, episode 246. I'm recording this on the 6th of December 2014. It's 20 to 8 in the evening here in Gosport in the UK, and uh, oh, I'm feeling a bit tired, to be honest. I'm looking forward to the Christmas break. Um, I say Christmas break, we only really get two days off, Christmas Day and Boxing Day. But luckily, although I do work in retail, and traditionally retail is, for, for, well, for most retailers, Christmas is is the most important time of the year because it's when you make all your profit. But luckily, uh, the people I work for, um, we kind of sometimes can get even get a little bit quieter at Christmas because as factories and workshops shut down, you know, the, the people who would normally come in and buy stuff off as machines and equipment and stuff like that, are at home and that's the thing they want to do is come in but we get a lot more people coming in and buying um gifts now so it kind of balances itself out and then again if we have very bad weather like floods or uh, if it gets very very cold or there's power cuts we get really busy selling generators pumps and heaters so so yes yeah, so let's see what the next few weeks bring now you may have noticed again that it's uh, episode 246 i'm kind of creeping up on episode 250 so you may well find over the next well before the new year anyway i might well be kind of slipping in a few mini episodes quick episodes because i'm kind of kind of committed to getting to episode 250 before 2015 i don't know i've just got in my head that i want to um, because another kind of milestone that I passed as well was on YouTube was 500 videos and I'm up to 501 now and so I kind of th- I wasn't expecting to to hit well 500 videos on, on YouTube or 250 podcasts to be honest it wasn't really on my radar but as I'm there I thought well it'd be really nice to to, to go get to those milestones and it's all you know I'm, I'm a very lucky man in the fact that I get to do this podcast uh, normally every two weeks now to reach out and uh, talk to to you guys and girls because um, it means an awful lot to me. I know you probably you're very patient to put up with uh, my gabblings on about photography and various other things, but I really appreciate it and I love the feedback and uh, I love the communication. So, anyway, tonight's episode, a cure for gas. Now, you may well notice as well as if you do keep an eye on the Robin dot com, um, Flickr, not Flickr, uh, YouTube uh, stream. If you just search for Rob Nunn YouTube, it will come up. Some of the podcast episodes are based on notes I've made for videos and vice versa as well. Because again, because I'm trying to get to episode 250, there's a bit of cross-pollination going on between the videos and the podcast. Um, So you may well think, ah, Rob's been talking about this already. Um, But as, I don't know, I tend to find that a lot more people listen to the podcasts quicker than watch the videos although some of the videos end up with a lot more overall viewers than the individual podcast episodes more people listen to the podcast episodes over the say that the first two weeks they're they're issued kind of thing so so there shouldn't be too many um too much crossover anyway so today's podcast a cure for gas a cure for gear acquisition syndrome you know, that kind, especially with Christmas coming up. And I'm just as guilty of this as everybody else and going on about new equipment and stuff like that. But often, you know, you, you get a bit, you get a bad case of gas and 
you kind of get trapped in thinking that the best way to improve your photography is to buy better better equipment, you know? And you end up doing all this research on which lens is that little bit sharper, um, which camera body has a few more megapixels. Um, you know, is it better to go from a crop sensor body to a full frame sensor? Or maybe you're thinking about moving from DSLRs to mirrorless systems or compacts DSLRs, you know, what's the latest great photographer using? I guess the, the real question is, does that correlation hold up? Does spending all this extra money on different kit really lead to better photographs? Now, there's no doubt that newer cameras and lenders produce technically better photos um, that have more detail, better dynamic range. Um, they'll be sharper and they'll have better colours and tones. But again, does, does any of that have anything to do with creating a great photograph? Now, for the purpose of this podcast, you may need to recalibrate what you think of, uh, of as is a great photograph. Because, sure, there's lots of good photos out there. You know, just take a look at 500px. Look at Flickr Explore. Look at the photos of online photography personalities. Look at the photos in fashion mags, photo books, National Geographics, you know, books in your local bookstore and stuff like that. But which are the photos that really move you? Which ones really inspire you because these days we're blasted with thousands and thousands of images a day on tv billboards the internet probably so much that the standard that we expect from photographs has risen quite a lot but i also think we've probably become quite a bit jaded and it takes i think a really brilliant photo to shake us out of that thinking so back to the matter in hand and the question has to be does the technical excellence of a camera and a lens and any associated equipment have anything to do with capturing or creating truly great images? And I thought maybe one of the ways that we could answer this is by thinking some of, about some of the greatest photographs of all time. Um, because I guarantee that if you're shooting with a DSLR camera or a mirrorless camera for that, for that sake, I guarantee that it is technically more capable than any of the cameras that we use to take these photographs. Now, we've got a bit of a problem, haven't we? Because this is an audio podcast. So I've tried to think of photos that most of us will be able to see in our mind's eye. You'll be able to imagine them. And this is also an indicator of how powerful these photographs are. Because if we can remember how these photographs now, they must have had quite an emotional impact the first and subsequent times we've seen them. Um, I'm going to scoot through them quite fast because... Remember, this isn't a list of the greatest photographs of all time. Just some great photographs to get you thinking about what that term really means and what what is it about those photos that makes them, you know, great. So probably the first one, probably one of the most famous portraits in the world is the Afghan girl one that Steve McCurry took for National Geographic. You know, the one where she's looking into the camera, she's got these amazing green eyes, I think. And um, yeah, it's it's a real striking portrait. She's really, really got this unusual look on her face, you know. And um, Steve McCurry shot this in 1982 on 35mm film. So imagine that photo and ask yourself, you know, is it sharp enough? Um, does does it need to get any technically better? If Steve McCurry had been there at the time with a D4X or a Canon 1DX or something like that, would it have been a better photograph? Is it the technicalities behind the photo that made it great or or something else? 
Think about that picture of the monk sitting on that street in South Vietnam when he set himself on fire. Um, I think that, that was taken in 1963 by a guy called Malcolm Brown. An enormously powerful image, that one. One that changed you know, world history, really, with um, uh, America getting involved in Vietnam. Um, think about the photo of those guys sitting on the girder on the, in a skyscraper in New York having their lunch. You know, the one it's a poster in lots of different shops. Think about what that looks like. If you're British, um, there's a very famous sports photograph of Vinnie Jones and uh, Paul Gascoigne when Paul Gascoigne was young. And it was, it's at a football match. It's in black and white. And in this football match, Vinnie Jones was told to make sure that Gazza, as Gascoigne was known, who was a bit of a prodigy, you know, really good, skillful football player, needed to put him in his place. So this photograph is with Gazza standing behind Vinnie Jones, and Vinnie Jones is reaching back, and he's got hold of his um, meat and two veg, the family jewels. He's giving him a good squeeze, you know, and he's telling Gazza, you know, you watch it, mate, or I'm going to get you. Similarly, another famous sport photograph that maybe more people will remember is the one of Muhammad Ali when he's standing over I think it's Joe Fraser you know and he's got he's he's got his fist uh, he's kind of looking down Joe Fraser's on the on the canvas and he's kind of saying come on get up and fight that sort of thing on a more serious note think about the the shot from Vietnam of the young girl, the, the, the young girl running away. She's, all her clothes have been burnt off and there's been a napalm strike in the distance on her village. And she's running up this, um, this road and there's paddy fields on either side and she's got her arms held out. And it's like, oh gosh, you, you know, that was another photo that kind of changed um, the course of uh, history because people finally started to see, um, in real terms, the civilian co- uh, cost, if you like, of, of conflicts. Think of the photos of the nuclear mushroom cloud over Hiroshima. Think of the photo of um, Marilyn Monroe standing over that air duct outside. I think it's one of the um, one of her movies, and Gary Winogrand took one of those photos. You know, with the the so she's in a white dress, and the and the, the the fans are blowing up her dress. You know, think about the shots taken by one of the Apollo spaceships. Was it Apollo Nine as it came round the moon? And they took a photograph back across the moon of the Earth rising above the moon. And that was another, you know, history-changing photo. You know, for the first time we could really see how fragile and beautiful the Earth was. You know, it's our own little sort of spaceship in in space. Think about the shot of the Hindenburg when it's, it's exploded and it's falling into the ground and people are looking away. Another terrible photograph. Think of the falling man photos from 9-11 of the chap who, well, the many people who jumped from the Twin Towers um, to to their deaths on that terrible day. Think about the photo, I think taken from video actually, of the chap at Tiananmen Square all those years ago, standing in front of the tank with his carrier bag in his hand. You'll probably know the image of it's a sideways portrait of a of a uh, young African man um, in uh, Rwanda who'd been in one of the death camps. He's got these terrible scars on the side of his face taken by Robert Nachtway. You'll probably have to come up with better examples yourself. You know, just think of the photographs that stick in your mind. 
or you may even want to go onto the internet and search for the greatest photos of all time and, and look through them. And I guarantee you'll be able to come up with images that have emotionally moved you in an important way. And I want you to just to look at or just think about those photographs for a minute or two. And whether the emotional mental effect they have on you is any way affected by their technical merit, the sharpness, the contrast, the colours, etc. Or is it something else? So hopefully I've given a good, a good answer to the question about whether better gear makes better photographs, because the answer obviously is, is no way. You know, I mean, a photo's basically got to be, you know, in focus. Um, it's got to have the subject in it. Um, but, you know, we've just talked about some amazing photos and they were all taken with cameras that are technically inferior to our DSLRs or mirrorless cameras. Now, sure, you need your gear to be reliable. You might need some long lenses if your speciality is sports or wildlife. But if your image has to rely on being technically impressive to be considered good, then, you know, I'd have to say it isn't a great photograph. Now, as photographers, it's very easy for us to appreciate the technically great because you can learn to do that you can buy into technically great photos you can buy great lenses you can buy great bodies you can put your camera on a tripod you can shoot it in great light you can get it sharp as tack but never confuse sharp as tack photos with that's how you make a great photo you know, great photos are about emotion and they're about story. They're about sharing a moment with the world that touches people in their hearts, maybe their minds. And if you're really lucky, both. You need to be in the right place at the right time, whether that be at a sporting event, at a demonstration, a family gathering, out on the street or in the countryside. And when you see something about to happen, you need to have that camera ready. You need to be brave enough to put that viewfinder to your eye and shoot away. And maybe you'll catch something magical. Now, for you, I know for me, magical stuff often is something to do with shapes and forms, maybe buildings and people coming together, you know, a geometrical pattern and then something happening that way. Um, and for other people, it may be you want to be like a photojournalist. You want to be there on the front lines of a demonstration. Or it could be a family event. You capture that moment when grandpa looks down at his granddaughter and they share some magical moments. Now, there's some things we can do to help us take better photographs, obviously. I'm not saying we shouldn't practice to try and achieve technically good photos. Um, but we shouldn't let our obsession getting technically great photos get in the way of taking actual what is a truly great photograph so we need to practice so we know our gear backwards we need to make sure we have our cameras with us so we're ready we need to study composition so we know where we know where we should probably put in our subject in the in the frame and i think it's very important to look at the work of great photographers maybe even go on workshops read books watch videos but most importantly get out there where the action is happening, get outside or inside if it is with your camera and take lots and lots of photographs. Instead of spending money on gear, maybe spend it on going to interesting places and events. I'm not saying don't upgrade upgrade your gear when it needs replacing or if you need to expand your capabilities. Say, say you need an extra wide-angle lens or spare equipment for professional use, that sort of thing. But don't kid yourself that it'll make your photos better.
So there we go. Take a look at some of your favourite photos that you think are truly great and just re-examine them and think, is it the technical side that makes them great or is it something else? So there we go. That's enough from me. Remember, you can email me, scalespeeder at gmail.com. You can go over to robinandphoto.com. Check out the links on the right-hand side. There's links to YouTube. There's links to Flickr and uh, Twitter and all sorts of places like that. Uh, SCL is part of the tech podcast community. So if you want more great tech podcasts, head on over to techpodcast.com and check them out. Um, I'll always end with the thanks. Thanks to everybody for going onto YouTube, going onto Flickr, taking part in everything that's going on over there. Uh, but most of all, I'd like to thank you for downloading and listening to the podcast. My name's Rob from robnumphoto.com and hopefully I'll see you pretty soon. <laughs>